0: Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's almost hard to fathom that this goes on every single day. You go to work, you just want to have a a great day at work. Maybe work with your coworkers, feel fulfilled, personal relationships, your business relationships, but then you confront bullying in the workplace. And now there's trauma you're dealing with and you need some help. We are going to talk about that today, and this is all based on a book that is called Trauma in the Workplace, I Need Help, and it's all about how to navigate in a world of corporate bullies. The author of the book is with us today, and she is the CEO and founder of Fair Chance Consulting. She's a coach, motivational speaker, and she works with businesses all the time, and of course, she's an author. Charlotte DeLon is on the program. Charlotte, welcome. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks.
0: How are you? I'm well. And I'm so happy that we're talking about this because I think a lot of us, if we've been working for a while, and work is, for a lot of us, majority of our life, we don't want it to be, Mm -hmm. but we spend a lot of time at work, when you start thinking about the years you might be able to think of a couple of times where there was a feeling of bullying, where there was some uncomfortable situations in the workplace. What prompted you to to write this book, Charlotte?
1: It's interesting that you ask that question. It's a topic that I've been talking about writing on for several years because I've experienced. I've been in the industry for over 30, and I would say for a good majority of those, I've experienced a lot of workplace bullying. Well, I read an article not too long ago from Harvard Business Review, and it was a book on I mean, it was an article on Stop Telling Women We Have Imposter Syndrome. And I read the article, and it talks about bullying and how it shows up depending on the race of the woman. And as I read through the article, Mm. there was one that I identified with most except for the fact that she had contemplated suicide. And so it got me to thinking how many other people are out there right now facing workplace trauma and not knowing how to navigate it and feeling like it could potentially be the end of the world. And so I felt a personal responsibility to share my story and the story of others and how we were able to navigate. And if I could talk to my prior self, what are some of those things that I would have shared with myself as I learned along the journey that I can now share with others.
0: Wow. Uh, I get chills as you talk about that and and and, and could get teary in a second, thinking that mm-hmm. anybody is going through that, even that one woman, that uh, it was that bad. and And it's so sad because you put so much into your job. You know, some of us really, really, really take it extremely seriously. It is something that we're proud of. For some of us, it defines us. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're you're doing sure. a job that you feel good about. And now you got to deal with people at work that just either get in your way, try to better themselves by putting you down, take credit for your work. Now, when we talk about trauma in the workplace, are we talking about all of that or specifically Or is it it bullying, and could it be bullying on even a personal level?
1: Oh, it's definitely bullying on a personal level. Um, I've had people take credit for my work. That doesn't bother me. Uh, I've even had people talk down to me sometimes, and that doesn't bother me. Uh, But as I started writing this book, I started researching, like, are there any statistics out there that support what I've experienced. And um, so I pulled up an article from the CDC and it's actually quoted in my book and it talks about 73% of the people that experience workplace violence are female. 62% are between the ages of 25 and 54. 22% requires 31 or more days away from work to recover from the the trauma. And 22% are involved in three to five days away from work on a weekly basis. And so this is actually a, a really big problem. <laughs> and this article was pulled from the, from 2020. And so it got me to thinking, because I know some of the most egregious experiences I've had has been since COVID. And so I, I couldn't find a current article, but it got me to wondering, could it have possibly gotten worse? you got people yelling at you, berating you, marginalizing you, um, One of the ladies that I I have a story about her in my book, she experienced sexual harassment to the point where it followed her outside of work. Um, There are many different forms of abuse that people are experiencing in the workplace. And so now I'm on a research journey to figure out how does this impact corporations statistically when you look at it from a financial perspective. Because if people are staying out of work for 31 days or at least three to five days a week, it has to impact productivity.
0: Mm. Wow. Uh, your perspective on this book, where did, where did it come from? Like, how are you helping people with the book? What are we going to get out of it as we go through it?
1: Nuggets on how to protect yourself mm. um, from the moment it starts to happen, making sure that you document the occurrences, who was there when those occurrences happened. Um, do you go to the EEOC where I live? You have to go to the EEOC first. The EEOC may ask you to mediate. Is it a good thing? For me, it wasn't. For others, depending on where they're located, it may be. Um, what what does it require to retain a lawyer? Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of different things that you got to think about as you're going through. But it's also coming from the perspective of HR uh, because a lot of times when a person goes and reports an offense to HR, they're being very vulnerable. And when HR dismisses what's going on and know it's wrong, but they still dismiss it, they're hurting the individual as well as the company. And so my hope is that for HR folks, as they're reading it, they start to look back on maybe some occurrences where they turned a blind eye, and, and how did that affect the person, or how does that affect the company? When you start looking at the instability in a lot of corporations and things that are going on financially around the world, you can't get me to believe that there isn't an intersection between the two.
0: You're just, you're bringing back memories here, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and situations where I was in one, and it wasn't long, long ago, where a manager, I don't want to say accused, but suggested that uh, I had been uh going around the company because I have my own company and there was like call it a conflict and I said no it's all there it was just a you know coincidence that we crossed paths with a client that could have been mine and was also with this organizations but it was all right there it was all documented I could, you know and and that's why I even went to the manager and said hey the weirdest thing happened I want you to know um and there it is and mm-hmm. it wasn't even a week later I was called in and asked to sign something that said it was a first infraction and I could be terminated, you know, if it continued. And I I thought to myself, wait a minute, I've got decades of integrity. I've everything is here. You've got every email, everything. And it's pretty clear that that there was no uh, ill intent. I had been at that company in that position. And I have lots of different positions in, in, in my career. Still do. I waited like two days and I walked in and I left. And that was the end of it. And, and he was floored. He's like, you're leaving? I'm like, yeah, it's just time for me to go. And there were other reasons where it just didn't feel right anymore. But that was the, that was the catalyst. It was just like, really? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm better than that. I'm so humble. But that just didn't align well with me.
1: But you were. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And, <laughs> and maybe there's a lesson there for others in terms of recognizing your value when situations Absolutely. like that come up, right?
1: And that is actually one of the nuggets that's in the book is one, one of the companies that I worked for, I had been abused to the point where I would fear going to my car. Um, oh. One of my other female employees quit. I had a male employee that said, good luck. And at that time, I didn't feel like I had a choice. Well, I did go to the EEOC. I did report it to HR, and it seemed like reporting it caused these leaders to be more aggressive towards me. Well, one day I walked in and the aggressive was just, the aggression was just one day too much and I had no other job. And I just said, I quit and I walked out and I dove into something totally different that I had never done before. I tried direct sales. I'm like, "I, I, I just need a break from it. And, um, wound up doing very well, learned a lot about myself on that journey because a lot of times we think we're stuck, and the only reason why we're stuck is because that's the narrative we're telling ourselves. Mm. And the minute I made a decision to move, my life just opened up. And so I-, I want people to walk away knowing they don't have to stay in their circumstances. But sometimes you can be so mentally um, exhausted from the abuse
0: that you're experiencing that you can't see opportunity in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And the fear we all have fear of making uh-huh. the change, you know, we got to pay the bills. Um, uh-huh. and when I, I left that position, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I really didn't have anything concrete. I had a you know, possibility I could work with another company. We were talking a little bit. I eventually did join that company and I'm still with them in some capacity. um, but it is, it, it's scary, but you, you have to, I guess you have to weigh everything. You know, your worth, how you feel, your validation, your appreciation. That's another one. Being appreciated, feeling it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and what, what you just said resonated with something that I have in the book where I shared I could stay and die trying or live and do something else.
0: <laughs> because
1: sometimes you can find yourself in a circumstance where you feel like you have no other option. Well, stress takes a toll on your body. I ended up getting very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can stay and die trying, or you could take that leap and do something else. And so, you know, I, I'm working with a client right now, and she's in a circumstance, and she talks about how the job is is horrible. and. I I said, well, if you could do what you wanted to do, what would it be? And she talks about her nonprofit organization that she wants to create. And so my my next question was, well, why not now? She gave me all these reasons, and then it ended up with because she needs the benefit. And I'm like, okay, you have the benefits, but there's nothing to stop you from still investing in your passion. And at least it will offset some of the negativity that you're going through right now. So now she and I are going to work on what her vision board looks like and what are some of the steps that so she can start taking towards her dream and her passion. Because if you do nothing, then you're basically, you're you're setting the tone and the trajectory for the rest of your life in that situation.
0: Mm. You know, what you just said applies to life in general. Even if you're in a, a relationship situation that doesn't truly support you and the stress mm-hmm. that you're taking on, you're just taking years off of your life and your body. Mm-hmm. And... Why, why do you want to do that? You know, you could thrive exactly. in a different direction. Um, but again, it's fear. We, we all fear change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wish there was a way around it, that. It's so <laughs> interesting.
1: I, it's, I know, right. It's, it, it's interesting how people will stay in their circumstances because it's familiar, even if it's unhealthy, Than to lean into fear, the fear of the unknown, um, Right now, I'm on a journey of I just want to stay in that space of the fear of the unknown because as long as I'm in that space, I'm continuously growing. But when you're in your comfort zone, you're you're just you're stagnant at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're just it's basically you're just treading water instead of swimming forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so what what are your suggestions? Let's say somebody is dealing with a traumatic situation in the workplace, or it's starting to percolate. I heard that word recently, haven't heard it in a long time, where it's just like it's starting to get bad. Uh, Whatever the situation may be, of course, document it, get proof. Where do you go from there? At what point, let's say it's not your superior, at what point do you make that determination to go in and I don't want to say go public, but make it known what's going on? Well,
1: let's say it's not your superior and someone is still trying to abuse you. Um, one of the things I coach people on is how to find your voice. I had an individual who was not my superior, he was my peer, and I was sharing a, a great idea. I, I was just excited about an idea. I wanted them to build on it. They could cuckoo on it if they wanted to, but at any rate, I just had an idea. Well, this individual started yelling at me at the top of his lungs and would cut me off and yell and cut me off, and the other people were looking on like, oh my gosh. I can't believe this is happening. I stopped in the middle of my communication. I didn't get emotional, but I did look at him and say, "Time out. You do not have to like my idea, but you will not disrespect me. I don't have a pro- you could hate my idea, but you're not going to disrespect me. You have a habit of talking down and berating people when you don't agree with the direction that they want to take things." Now, great. I was grateful because this individual had no idea But that's how he was coming across. And so one day he and I sat down and we talked about it and he apologized because he did not realize that that was how he was communicating because no one else had ever said anything to him. They just said, oh, that's such and such. That's how they behave. I was the first person. He's never talked to me like that ever since. And our paths have crossed at different companies, but he doesn't talk to me that way any longer. The other thing I will tell you is if having that direct conversation, and sometimes you can have it one-on-one. Other times, if you believe it's going to be like get really escalated, take it um, in front of a group. Um, you could have a mediator to have those conversations. I've done all these different strategies. Sometimes, if a person is getting very um, heated and they're escalating, there's de-escalation communication tactics where you lower your voice. Be very intentional in it, but you still lower your voice, and usually that will bring that person down quite a bit, um, but if the person is intended on just really hurting you, you have to get it documented, and you have to make sure that you want to get it documented with HR. If HR does nothing, um, then that speaks volumes about the company and the corporate culture, but then the second thing you want to do is then, if your, com- if your state requires you to go to the EEOC, you go to the EEOC. Understand the EEOC laws. In Texas, you only have six months from the time that you file a complaint to do something. Anything that falls outside of that six months, you, it, you can't admit it in court. It, it's inadmissible because it's past the statute of limitations. Mm. I think New York and California has like 300 days or something like that. So you have almost a year from the time that you follow it to you do something about it. But it's very important that you understand your local labor law if you're going through situations like this. Um, and then ultimately, if it's not getting resolved, start looking for a new job. <laughs> sure. Because the biggest mistake that people make is, oh, the company's great, but I, and, and I don't want to leave. I, I may not have to work with this person again at some other point, and they're trying to do the waiting game. Um, but I think it's, it's Oswald um, Yao, I think it is from Glenn, who said, a company's culture is defined by what they promote, accept, and um, reward. And mm. so, and I'm doing a quote, I'm, I'm trying to go from memory, so forgive me if I got it wrong, but when I when I saw promote and reward, on that list, I'm like, that speaks volumes about a lot of companies, because sometimes these louder voices are the ones that get promoted to the top. They call it leadership when it really is.
0: You said something before that, I want to make sure I heard it clear, that that individual that uh, you had a challenge with and you stood up to, it almost sounded like they didn't realize that, you know, for for lack of a better description, that they were being such a jerk. (laughs) They were just being They didn't. Yeah. Okay.
1: Some people don't realize that they're being jerks because no one has ever called them on it. Yeah. Right? And so I always say give them the benefit of the doubt and you challenge the behavior. And some people know they're being jerks. I, I've been in meetings where I saw this executive like, bust out of his chair. He starts pacing back and forth in his office. And I'm watching the individual contributors around the table watching this behavior, and they look scared.
0: And I know a woman
1: who left the company and she still talks about how she's still experiencing the trauma of this leader. Wow. And she's no longer there, but she still has, she says she has PTSD from her experiences with this
0: leader. You know, what we just said, I think is is true in many situations where people don't realize what a jerk they're being because, because they're so used to doing it and nobody stands Mm -hmm. up to it. I had a, Uh, a a neighbor. He was a friend. We've lost touch. And since, you know, we, we connect on a business level every once in a while, but I would go with him. And at the time, uh, my wife, his wife, we'd go to dinner and he was so disrespectful to the servers. And I was like, like, I just wanted to hide under the table, but I think he was just used to doing it. He doesn't even realize that he's doing it. So mm, there is something there that, you know, maybe you got to call him out on it sometimes.
1: And something you said a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, where you said some people are narcissistic. Right. And so if they have those narcissistic tendencies, there's nothing you can do to fix that. You have to get away from that person as fast as you can. There's some that want to grow and learn and be better, and then there are some that are just like, accept me as I am. Um, I had a leader where I really knew my stuff. He kept asking me all these questions, and then in the end he goes, not that I'm trying to stump you, but I can't seem to stump you. He was trying to stump me. As soon as they say, not that I'm trying, oh. they are. Well, from that point on, he, he, he basically approached me like, I need to help put this girl in her place. Wow. And he became so aggressive towards me and my employees to the point where I couldn't even take vacation. My employees would call me and say, they scheduled this meeting while you're out, and they're yelling at us in the meeting. And so then I would have to join the meeting to deflect some of that behavior to get it off of my individual contributors.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. The stuff These that goes on. people do exist. Yeah, they do exist. The stuff that goes on that we are unaware of. Uh, crazy. Crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, your book, is it is it available now or it's, it's coming to Amazon, right?
1: It's coming to Amazon, and I'm about to launch pre-orders where you can get it from my website off of uh, Fair Chance Consulting um, at a discount and oh. um, free shipping. So uh, that'll be out in about another week. And, and- um, it'll be on Amazon pre-sale for Kindle Um by, I think, the beginning of September because we're launching the actual book on September
0: 9th. Fantastic. And by the way, I see you can download the first two chapters sort of as an appetizer yes. if you sign up on your website, Fair fairchanceconsultingllc.com. I've got to tell you, uh, these stories are so strong and personal to you within the book. Mm-hmm. You should do an audiobook version, and it should be you. Yeah. But,
1: you know, okay, I received that because... Um, Someone else just told me that. And I'm like, me? (laughs) Because I was going to have someone else read it. And they said, no, it needs to be in your voice. And so I'm going to go into the studio and get an audio version of the book recorded. it.
0: 100% hundred percent uh and I, i'm not I'm not uh, suggesting this I just know a guy that does that <laughs> so he he he's just a he is a uh nonfiction author and uh an audio guy and decided to do that to help people do that but nice. it it's got to be in your voice because especially with the topic that we're talking about um and you sound great so what what a great book what a long overdue about the trauma in yeah. the workplace and i I stand firm in saying that we have all suffered trauma in our life. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the workplace. Maybe when you were five years old, I'm not talking about major Absolutely. stuff. It could have been just something that you heard walking through by past the kitchen and you internalized. but that became your mm-hmm. trauma. And then that held you back from things in life. Um, so we all got it. So we all have to deal Absolutely. with it. And having that book is and yeah, definitely a big deal
1: want to add one thing if you're a person that's witnessing behaviors that are not great say something oftentimes people will come up to you and say wow you're so strong I don't know how I would have dealt with that that's not a compliment most times people who are going through these bullying experiences are not looking to be complimented they're looking for some
0: allies yeah we forget about that and then, you know, as, as it chips away at us, we forget to put up our boundaries and we just take more of it, mm-hmm. uh, until, yes. until something, something breaks down and it shouldn't be your mind or your body at that point. No. Um, no. yeah, check it out. Fair chance, consulting, com. Always great talking with you, uh, Charlotte. And thank you, you so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you. You
0: have a great day. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10 year old.
1: I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah. Buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class.
0: Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey.
1: Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know?